Hello and welcome to the Global City Mission podcast, where we discuss contemporary issues in cross-cultural urban disciple making. The podcast is hosted by Global City Mission Initiative. This is Seth Bouchel, GCMI Steeland there in New York. And today I'll be talking with Kyle Mills from Forefront Experience and Corey Osborne from KC Underground, discussing the topic, how do we form disciple makers for ministry? All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Uh, so like I told you before the call, I think, um, we're in a position as GCMI where we do a good bit of training and mobilizing of disciple makers. And one of the things that I've been curious about is sort of people's different philosophical approaches to how they form disciple makers. Because I think fundamentally it's not about understanding a strategy. It's about forming a person. Um, and so I know both of you have done a lot of training, both with your own staff as well as local Christians. And so I just kind of wanted to take some time, pick your brain. How do you go about that? And, and, you know, some of the most important principles for forming that. Um, Kyle, I don't know if you want to go first or not, but uh, talk to me about starting, I guess, with staff. Where do you guys start with training and formation? What, what are the important principles involved? Yeah, for staff, um, we're, we've kind of been learning, I think, uh, that our better staff experiences have been with people that we've kind of built from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people that we've uh, encountered in a training environment and they've proven to be kind of faithful in that space. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have an on-ramp uh, kind of disciple-making. It's like a mock team, basically. And we put you in this group uh, at the lightest version, maybe at six weeks, uh, up to maybe like a 15-week duration, mm-hmm. where we get a chance to kind of give people – uh, introduce them to the rhythms of disciple making, uh, like really leaning into prayer, uh, actually going out and like being bold, having conversations with people that they haven't met before, you know, just kind of seeing how willing they are to engage in disciple making behavior, regardless sure. of kind of where they're coming from. Sure. And so most of our staff have kind of gone through that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they've gone through one of those cycles. Maybe they turned around and facilitated one of those cycles, those training kind of team things. Yes. And then uh, that's been kind of our, our best way to, to find the right type of staff, I guess. Maybe that's not exactly your question, but usually getting people that are coming on at a staff level mm-hmm. with some sort of kind of foundation. Yeah. Let me, let me echo that back to you and make sure I understand right. So it sounds like before maybe assessing any particular skills, you have a you have an apprenticeship level that's for vetting maybe a certain kind of temperament or a certain kind of self initiating personality. Is that a fair way to frame yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, I think that'd be accurate. Yeah, just kind of an openness to to apply the the principles that we're putting before them and, yeah. and to lean in and uh, and so that's kind of our best practice in terms of developing staff. We we pretty much just wouldn't accept somebody for coming from some random place like, hey, I want to like work with you guys in your city. I want to do this. Uh, we'd say, well, we'll go through our, uh, our kind of apprenticeship thing. Like you, you called it, uh, let, let's give it a trial run. Yeah. Then at that, at that point we would put people into different, and we always do it in groups. We always train in groups. So whether it's a, a small city for us or a larger city where we have multiple groups coming together, we, we just train in, cohorts and, and groups that are kind of processing yeah. these things together and continue to apply them in some sort of kind of focused way. Yeah. What about you, Corey? What 
what is your onboarding process like? How do you how do you initiate and bring in new disciple makers? Similar question to what Kyle's getting at. Yeah. Um, and with every answer that I have, it has to be filtered through a, some random context because in Kansas City, it's a, I've done it from trying to get church people mm-hmm. to uh, coming alongside a ministry to totally create it from scratch. Sure. You know, like, so it's, so I'm trying to find a handful of things. Um, and essentially I think I can kind of lump that into, uh, you can't, you can't force it by training tactics. Okay. I think that's part of the point of your question in general. And I think, uh, maybe I'll answer your question by saying what I used to do and I don't do anymore. Okay. <laughs> I, I used to, um, have kind of these BMM one-on-one trainings that I partnered with a couple other guys in the city. Yeah. Just guy by word of mouth, we, you know, a church or some ministry might say, hey, we've heard about DMN, and we'll go in, and we, we really pressed into the tactics of starting Discovery Bible Center, yeah. right? And so that was mainly the thing that I always started with, and and I think what people do is if you start with the tactical side, uh, you just put it in that same programmatic box, especially if they're already believers, you know, okay, okay so you just do this new program, right. and we just can't. And so um, I'm huge on basically two things. Finding those who um, have this like kind of spiritual dissatisfaction are already showing a little bit of um, fruit in their lives in some form. Like they're already moving forward a little bit. They've yeah. they've stepped into some kind of natural context in which they have a, a reason to belong in, um, in some kind of mission yes. focus. Or the other side of it is finding what I've I'm sure I stole it. We we steal everything. Um, leader this leaders of peace concept. Um, you know, like finding leaders of ministries or networks in the city that serve that same kind of role. They're the they're the head of they, they lead others um, as a visionary or ministry leader, and they have this stirring, right? Like mm-hmm. they've got this deep desire to do it differently. And then we come in and to steal kind of Jerry Trousdale's words, we give them like some new spiritual technology, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's so we'll like try to find really ripe areas, and then through that we just. Um, we're building principles. Like I've actually got to the point where I don't teach discovery Bible study, um, in a one-on-one training, hardly at all. I'll sure. reference it, you know, but I, I'll reference it. I'll, I'll actually model it. I'll, I'll, they'll, they'll like learn in a discovery fashion. Yes. Um, but I want people to get to the point where they need, like they see the need for discovery, obedience, focus stuff, as opposed to starting with that. Like, yeah. I don't know if that totally answers your question, but, no, it does. It does. And it aligns with, I think, something that, that we've made a shift towards maybe in the last three or four years. Similarly, we're trying to, trying to train DMM by following DMM principles. That rather than front loading a strategy saying, okay, go out and have conversations. If you can have spiritual conversations, let's talk about what's next. Okay. Well, now let's talk about how to follow up on spiritual conversations and, and identify a person of peace. If you can do that, let's talk about how to lead a discovery Bible study. But you don't need to know how to do C, D, and E if you can't do A and B. And so doing a little more just-in-time training, a little more obedience-based in terms of forming our workers. I, so I, I'm not sure if that 100% aligns with what you're saying, but I hear a common thread. No, it, it absolutely does. Like You, you can't force people uh, to have this this. You, you can't you can't force this like spiritual dissatisfaction. I mean, you, yeah. you, you identify that, um, and so if, if I feel like if people are moving, you can you can press into momentum mm-hmm. that's already there um, and add principles step by step. I 
you're saying. Um, yes. Way easier than stirring a group of people who who aren't moving but are who like the idea of movement but don't have like that like oh we got got to do something about it yes. type of thing. It's just you can't. It's really really hard to move those people to the next stage. Yeah, when you say I, that's the second time I've heard you say dissatisfaction, and I just want to clarify because I could see where that word would would be triggering in some contexts. Yeah, because I I don't hear you saying dissatisfaction as like necessarily a sort of cynicism or, you know, rejection of something so much as a, a dissatisfaction with the status quo or certain complacency. Is that a fair framing of what you're yeah. saying? With the status quo would be the, if I were to tease that out to the entire phrase, yes. Yeah. Like, you've got to do more than what we're doing, yearning sure. in their heart. And yeah, you I, can do a lot with that um, that you can't do by convincing people. Sure. That makes sense. Take people who are already motivated and direct them rather than try to find people and then motivate them. And you can kind of cast some vision, dangle it out there and see, are they, are they biting on that? You yeah. know, like, Hey, here's, here's the great commission. How does that strike you? Is that, are, are you being drawn towards that yes. or am I kind of trying to drag you towards that? Yeah, that makes good sense. Kyle, another question for you. I'm curious when, when you have somebody who's a new worker on the field, new catalysts, new team member. I, and similar to what Corey's saying, not so much the tactics, but in terms of character traits uh, and principles of ministry, what are the, what is the short list in terms of your most important things to help form in them and develop? Hmm. I probably should have a more concise answer. Uh, it just depends on the, the person too and where they're coming from and what they have, uh, beforehand. So yeah, like Corey said, having context is pretty important. Sure. If they're, if they're a catalyst for us, they've already been exposed to a number of things. Absolutely. And so, you know, that person is really looking at, okay, doing some discernment. Where, where are you called like some kind of, uh, discernment about their, like their focused area might be one area, mm-hmm. uh, really kind of investing, where is God drawing you towards in the city? What does that look like? What what does it look like to kind of research? I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the, the job if you're getting started. Sure. Um, leaning into those, those spiritual disciplines, too, just of like prayer and praying more. And, and once you think you've prayed more, praying more than that, really just kind of diving into prayer at a really – heavy level at the beginning. Mm. Uh, you know, those are a, a couple things that come to mind. And, um, again, it's different if if you're talking about people coming in for the first time from the church with, you know, expressing some type of dissatisfaction, wanting to kind of learn more. Uh, in that context, one of the, the early things we're looking for is just, I mean, you called it kind of that temperament, but just, we could say just like that they're, that they're obedient to to stepping out in faith and to doing something maybe that they weren't doing before. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this way and see if it it may direct us in a better sphere. Um, you know, one of my mantras on our team is that you, know, you need to be a disciple that's worth reproducing, mm-hmm. or else why are we doing this? Um, and in in that sense, you know, nobody's coming in as a blank slate. They're not, sure. you know. They're not a blank piece of paper for me to fill in my picture of what they should be. 
But there are certain things I want to cultivate in terms of habits and disciplines and traits that I think lend themselves toward toward being that kind of disciple, one that's worth emulating and reproducing. Um, what are those things? You know, as a ministry leader, as a trainer, as someone in formation, what are the things you want to cultivate? What are the seeds you want to water in terms of your staff being the kind of disciple maker that, for lack of a better term, sort of deserves to be in the field? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think there's also like a variety of different roles that, that our catalysts are, are fulfilling too. Sure. So part of that is kind of discerning what some of those gifts are within mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, if there's someone who's, uh, I mean, the, the foundational thing is just like being able to, to hear from God and to spend time with the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, just that, that kind of prayer life, uh, that kind of stirring that out of an overflow of, of the goodness of God, that that's kind of their motivation for ministry, really just cultivating mm-hmm. the heart yeah. uh, portion. I mean, generically, and then outside of that, you know, looking at, are they someone who's really outgoing? Are they like good at connecting with people? Do they have vision for, you know, networking other people, really trying to kind of discern what type of unique gifts and skills they have that can, that can contribute towards the city stuff? You know, are they, are they really good at passing on the training that they've got to others? Are they going to be good at, at the kind of training modeling? Or are they someone who's, has more of a vision for kind of pioneering new areas. Um, so they're trying to give them, I guess, a variety of like exposures to discern what some of those focused areas could be. So I guess I'm saying it, it might not be the exact same sure. for every person that like that abiding center kind of heart piece is going to like be necessary for any type of thing. Yeah. Uh, we'd be looking for like, well, okay, outside of that, what are some, what are some things that, that kind of really resonate? in you or that, that we've seen in you that might, you could kind of uniquely contribute in that city. Yeah. It sounds like if, if I'm hearing you well, a sort of discernment and attention to calling is pretty central for what you're trying to form and develop in people. Is that a fair framing of what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. We're exposing them to the basics and then kind of letting, letting the Lord gravitate us towards what, what part of the body, you know, the yeah. eyes that you, the nose, the mouth, what, what part of that they're going to bring to our city because everything we're doing is in a team context. Yeah. I, I like that. I had some more questions about that, but I want to kick this question over to Corey before I start chasing that down. Uh, Corey, what's, what would your short list be? What are you trying to form and cultivate in people? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to zoom in on um, kind of our local tribe, uh, QC underground. Uh, so what we did is we, uh, I mean, you, you kind of think of it through all these different, these different inroads or starting places where people are coming from. Um, and so what we have done is we, we gathered and created a bunch of assessments that essentially look at a, a personal discovery, like a, how has God created you? Um, what kind of you know, gifting, what kind of role do you have in the body type of thing? So and we found that to be incredibly fruitful um, for people to even understand uh, their role in the body. So we kind of want people to identify their strengths, who they are. Um, and then we, we provide, it's really, it's interesting and we're weird and we're, we're playing with a lot of this. It's like, it, we're basically like a local missions organization. Um, but also, uh, we're kind of both a platform 
and be able to launch movement stuff, but have some flavors of some traditional church stuff that if people need that, if that makes sense, we've got a gathering and things like that. Um, but we have like um, all these different tools to help people rest and abide in Jesus, uh, to pray within their context, to um, understand relationships and, you know, like people they're hanging out with, how, like how to move to more spiritual conversations, right? So we we kind of went abundant uh, level of tools to help people. And, then, and we don't really say, hey, this is exactly the path. It's like you are somewhere here. So that's that's starting with a generic population from people who have launched discovery groups in their neighborhood to people who are just beginning to feel that stir. Yeah. Right. So it's like you need to have a, a wide understanding to be able to, to move people along in that without having a okay step one this step two this. Yeah. Right. So we have that with people, but then um, with other teams that we have, like I've 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 gone all in on this idea of we're just teaching people how to pray in authority mm. and to actually trust that most of this work is done in the heavenlies and not on the ground. Yeah. And like and so I'm like because I'm. I'm sitting at the feet of guys in Africa, and I don't care what context this is. You're sitting at the feet of Af- African leaders who, on the ground, say around 70%, 70% of their new discovery groups are a direct result of the miraculous. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard Harry Brown talk about that. He's with New Generations. Then I asked David Brudrick about that, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's the number. Like, So we were thinking about that. Like, seven out of ten groups directly as a result of God showing up in power. Yeah. Um, and and so I'm like, man, I feel like we took all the tactics and skipped <laughs> the power, right? You know, and so we need to just like go back and just train people how to pray for their neighborhood, you know, how to like declare blessing yeah. over the neighborhood, things like that. So we've really pressed into that. I have a team at the K-State, uh, Kansas State University, and they're, that's, they just spent a semester basically doing that, mm-hmm. you know, and really pressing in and trusting in, and God's opening up cer- uh, certain things. So uh, I have moved to that. And um, anyway, I've got, I've got other thoughts, but I'll shut up. Yeah, that, that brings me to an interesting question. And I think, you know, for us, if I had to do the short list question for our staff, I think, because I'm our director of training and formation, if we need to put a title on it. But I think I want, I want everyone to know how to start spiritual conversations. I think that's just an essential skill that everyone needs to have. I want them to know what spiritual disciplines keep them grounded and healthy because I think different temperaments respond to different disciplines. Um, and I want them to know which ones that like, okay, when you're trying to draw from a draw dry well, what do you need to go do and how do I hold you accountable to it? And I think I, I want to cultivate a sense of curiosity and good question asking because regardless of whether or not the people they're encountering um, are people of peace or respond to the strategy, I want them to feel listened and attended to and respected. And that, you know, our, our disciple makers really do want to know them and love them as people. Um, I, I think those are my big three. And, but it raises the question that you're going to get, Corey, and the one I mentioned following up on. Metrics are formative that what you hold people accountable to, what you measure, helps form their vision for what they're there to do. Um, and I think you can undermine a lot of good formation with bad metrics. Um, 
I'm curious as you're forming people, what are they held accountable to? What are they setting goals around? How do they know when they're developing and growing? Um, that's a big question, but maybe we can break it into chunks if we need to. Yeah, no, it's a big question. I think we, we track we track story time. So I mean, it's more um, creating a culture where we tell tell stories of the things that God is doing. And yeah. so um, I, I don't like metrics. There are ministries, even even movement pockets, that um, will count. You know how many quote unquote gospel shares you've had, and things like that. And I and I think that kind of really. Um, could hurt a culture hmm. because it, it, it's not a culture, what you're talking about, of listening, um, asking good questions, bringing up kingdom, um, kingdom conversations, right? Just having like good questions that you actually pray about before you have a conversation with people. God, what's a question that I can ask? Um, and to, to share, to share stories. Um, so that's, that's the biggest metric within, I think, a, um, uh, it's a horrible way of saying a layperson gathering, like a horrible, I hate that word, but you know, like uh, not like professional on staff ministry people. We want to create a, we want to create a posture and a, or create a culture of storytelling. Um, and then, yeah, eventually you're going to, you, you're going to measure, uh, discovery by groups that are, you know, in discovery, you're going to measure missionary teams. So we try to gather people focused on an area or an affinity, put it on a map. All right, so actually we're starting to work on that in Kansas City area. So we'll, we'll, we'll track places. We'll track the, like within jail context, we're tracking how many pods have active discovery groups, all that stuff. But as far as like the culture in which we're trying to, to build into people is to make it less do this, 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 and this. I don't know about you guys. I feel like that burns people out a lot in an American context yeah. uh, without really building deep habits of man, you rested in Jesus, and this is an overflow of the heart. And I think the best way to do that is stories. What about you, Kyle? What what would you say are the your approach to metrics? How do you measure, you know, the the formation and and efforts of a disciple maker in a way that's healthy? Yeah. Early on, I'd say it's kind of similar to what or you're saying kind of, you know, celebrating those obedience statements and just like a discovery group. Hey, how did you do with what we talked about last week? It's, it's, it's not more than that. It's like, okay, we, you know, we said we, we we're going to go do this and we did and praise God, you know, we had this conversation and kind of that celebrating stories. Uh, we're just, yeah, we're just learning to obey Jesus and, uh, and celebrating people just taking those steps. Uh, and then once you get into more of the like professional side where you have, people doing this part-time or full-time as this catalyst that we get maybe more structured on what we're trying to measure against and at a city level. Yeah. We're, we're tracking groups and, and teams, um, groups would be like discovered groups, lost people and teams to be missionary teams. Then among catalysts and we're, we're kind of tweaking this and trying to figure out the best way to go about it. But we're just trying to kind of measure what are those like essential movement behaviors. Uh, and let's just kind of regularly check in against those things so right now my list is finances. Everybody that who's part-time or full-time is raising support to do that. So how are you doing with your finances? Yeah. Uh, lost engagement. Uh, again, that's not, you're not just measuring group started, but there's a variety of ways and people are in different places to engage in different people, uh, engaging insiders, people in your culture to the lost groups that we're trying to reach, mm. uh, trying to find believers already in those spaces. So finances, lost engagement, insiders, prayer, 
that's a big category. Uh, personal development, that's that kind of just growth. Yeah. Outsiders developing other far culture people who've shown signs of obedience and then just overall health of the disciple maker. Yeah. So we just kind of cycle through those items. Talk, talk to me about both prayer and health because I think, I mean, not that the other ones weren't, but those specifically are so difficult to measure qualitatively but it can be so unhealthy to try to measure them quantitatively. Um, how do you go about evaluating prayer and having some sort of metric or accountability around it that isn't just guilt driven? Yeah, I probably don't have a good answer for that. I mean, we're letting people set their own goals. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's not something that I'm placing in front of them. Like, Hey, you need to pray an hour a day or something. Right. Like yes. We're creating space for them to encounter God. So we are, we're doing some things of like we're praying all together and then kind of inviting them to come up with action steps as a, as a follow up to that. So we just did like a prayer retreat with all of our catalysts in Dallas. Uh, we prayed for two days and then it's like, okay, what, how does God want you to continue to pray? Hmm. And, and so then we're going to follow up on those kind yeah. of things. So might be person to person, uh, just the fact that they're getting asked about that and then it's being modeled. So there's not something specific necessarily, yeah. uh, but we're just kind of sharpening each other towards that constantly. And, and somebody's taking that step and like going deeper and, and God's meeting, uh, meeting them in that space. Uh, similar to health, you, you give people, you kind of, you hold them accountable to be in processes that might promote healthiness. Sure. And you're, you're kind of, you're giving them space or asking questions. Hey, is everything going well? You know, creating those kind of trusting relationships and giving them space to speak in. Like Corey said, they have a gathering. You know, we have house churches that a lot of our catalysts belong to. And so we're creating those kind of processes, those those gatherings and types of things that might promote health. Uh, but again, it's not, yeah, I don't know exactly how we're measuring that. Yeah. We're yeah. about it. Well, I, again, if I'm hearing you well, it sounds like, your approach to formation is pretty inductive. And so for you as the trainer, you know, formation person taking the initiative to ask the question, but really letting them generate a lot of the goals and processes so that it's not imposed from the top down, but it's still really intentional in terms of where the attention is. Is that a fair representation of what you're saying? Yeah. And it's modeled at a pretty high level. You know, they're kind of bringing them in to, uh, they have some context for what that, what the appropriate, kind of steps might be. Yeah. I I mean, I like that. It also makes sense in terms of DMM, why that would be part of your philosophy because it's, you know, reproducing in kind and modeling and, you know, that makes good sense. Um, Maybe as a last question, and this is one I, I always like to hit on. um, If, if you were starting over again in your same position, what do you know now that you wish you had known then? Yeah, how much time do we have? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I mentioned it before for us. It was um, I started heavy with the tactics mm. and then tried to get to the pillars. Um, and I think what I, when I when I say pillars, I mean like yeah, the, the DNA blocks of what holds this all up. Um, and I, and nowadays I start with uh, kind of if you guys have heard demons the wig take. Vision, the what's it going to take vision. Oh, yes. uh, 
that, that to reach the 2.4 million people in Kansas City. You know, like that. Start with the, the heartbeat of it, and to say, you know, allow people to get to the point where, man, we have got to be people who plant the gospel. You know, where people are at within natural networks, and so like you can see when people lean in to that. Um, otherwise, I'm convincing people, hey, let's start a discovery Bible study. Let me tell you all the reasons why a discovery group is so good. And all those reasons are still true. But man, if you, if, if you find people who are all in to say, I want to reach my neighborhood and you come alongside them, you start with prayer, you look for networks and persons of peace. Then at one point, like I had a conversation last night with a guy in Casey Underground who the Lord has just given them favor. They, they moved in this new neighborhood. They started, they, they like threw a party because we encourage people throw a party, like socially get to know people. And all of a sudden he's got three different couples that like are legitimately spiritually interested. And so he hasn't been through a discovery group training yet. Um, cause he missed the day that we actually did it uh, <laughs> a few weeks back. And so we just run by it and it's like, Oh cool. Like, Oh, I couldn't do that. You know? And it's like a quick, like, but it's like a just in time training, but starting with the, the vision, uh, that burns people's like stirs people, yeah. you know? And, uh, and it's just, that's how I was. That's how I got here. It wasn't because I was, it was a compelling, ooh, that's a great tactic. It was starting with the heart. I um, mean, people are, are compelled by that. So I think I may have known that, but did not know how to press into that. Didn't mm-hmm. know how to like capture that with people. Um, and stories usually again are some of the best ways. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? What, what do you know now that you, you wish you'd know at the beginning about forming disciple makers? Yeah, I mean, we probably have said it already in different ways, but just the, how essential prayer is and just like, I don't know. You, you know, you can say that like God's the one who draws people and that's like in your head, but bringing that down to the heart level of like, no, I, I cannot draw people to God. Like he has to do that, but he's invited me to pray and ask him to do that, to partner through prayer. So just prayer is everything. Uh, I could have leaned into prayer more earlier surrendered more things to God, uh, released control. Uh, but within that, you know, not for staking that journey, I think uh, it's easy to look back and be like, well, like we were such idiots. But I mean, in reality, God's been using kind of that journey to form us and the people I think he will trust with movement. And so uh, I think part of his development plan for us was to go through that. Mm. Uh, the only other thing that comes to mind is just uh, at least in cross-cultural context. Um, it probably applies in more like suburban places too. I, that's just not where we're engaged. We're engaged with more international communities, but just how essential near culture believers are to that process and finding people who are already close to the communities that we're trying to reach. Uh, we had a lot of white people trying to reach non-white people, uh, and doing, doing diaspora work, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think the heart and motivation is very, good we want to see the unreached reached with the gospel uh but kind of being willing to say i might be more effective empowering someone else to do that right and myself that just kind of humbly taking that back seat but still like seeing someone else's fruit as kind of kingdom fruit your your fruit right. you know and of your fruit uh, that's been a little bit of a journey for us that maybe we could have embraced sooner yeah seeing seeing yourself and this takes some humility, but yeah, as as more effective as a support team player than 
maybe the starting team in terms of reaching a particular people group. Yeah. Yeah. That makes good sense. Well, uh, yeah, thank you both for this today. I really, I, you know, I, this is a, a blessing to me and I really respect and admire your ministry and your teams. Uh, so thanks for taking the time to share and I, I hope that this is also good for other people, but it was for me. Thank you for joining us today on the Global City Mission podcast. You can learn more about GCMI on our website, globalcitymission.org, or you can visit us on our Facebook and Twitter.